Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Podcast. We're back with all three of these wonderful people. I feel like I'm referring to myself in the third person, so that's always a great start. Um, over to our, uh, you know, theoretical left, um, we have uh, Nikita. Hello, hello. And over to our uh, mi- theoretical middle in this Discord thing, we have Zuches. Hey. All right, um, we've got a lot of things to cover. The first thing on the docket, all right, if I just take a look at it, um, is the fact that Zuchis has a very special announcement. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm, like, overselling it, but I don't know. I haven't really had a chance to delve into the details of what this uh, entails, but, you know, apparently I'll be um, contributing content to Rank Star's artifact team. Uh, I think I'm still on like a trial basis, so I'm gonna sort of keep everything to a minimum for now. But uh, yeah, w- who knows? Maybe in like a month or so, I can wear the official swag and like get a rank star tattoo on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> cool. for- on your forehead. They That's- got a nice logo. I like the colors. Yeah, that was the primary reason I chose them. So very nice. Hey. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Hopefully that spells big things for me, and maybe I'll uh, start religiously creating content again, uh, and maybe they'll, they'll put this uh, podcast up on their site, but no promises. Yeah, again, no promise. Really... No promise. But we'll definitely look into it. Um, it's cool, though, uh, that the fact that you, you know, definitely everyone who's listening, go check out their website. They do all TCGs, CCGs, all the things, right? Yeah, from what I understand. They have, like... A... Uh, presence in a lot of the CCGs out there from Eternal to MTGA to obviously Artifact. So, all right. Um, um, so that's Rank Star for those who are interested. Yeah. Do you have any any other thoughts? Closing thoughts with them? <laughs> I mean, I'm I, all of this has been a whirlwind, and I really haven't <laughs> even read a lot of the documents that I'm sort of obliged to read. So I'm going to keep it uh, at that for right now. Uh, and hopefully it blossoms into the beautiful flower that I hope it can be. Awesome. It's exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Well, it was, especially when like you brought this upon us uh, yesterday, I think. Or was it this morning? Yeah. Just <laughs> Maybe this morning. Blob of information just hitting us. Um, but that's good. That's good. I'm actually really excited. I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, second thing, we have our challenge segment of the week. We've officially named it the Burn Melt Challenge. All right. Because Burnmelt has been continuously submitting for this, all right? And I think I think he deserves the name, all right? So Burnmelt Challenge it is. Um, we didn't like the challenge we had last week, but Burnmelt, you know, being the stand-up, you know, human being uh, that he is, uh, decided to create um, his own challenge. All right, I'm hoping it's a he. Now, now, I, feel, now I feel like uh, I just put myself in a corner. I feel like it has to be a guy. I wow, Zuchis. Zuchis putting himself hot, hot water already. You're saying no, no, has no, to no. burn like, and has to melt? It has to be a guy? Is that what you're saying, Zuchis? I don't know. It's 2019. I guess It's 2019. Could... I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I like how people use that. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Let me, let, me, let me just focus in. So what Burnmelt decided to do is to create... Um, Essentially, a deck where the point was to, uh, I guess, make your creeps into heroes, right? So instead of focusing on 
oh, you know how heroes are always the ones being buffed, instead trying to see a way to get these minions or uh, creeps or um, creatures uh, become, you know, really buffed up. Uh, so the deck that we have, um, if you take a look at it for the, for those here, um, it's a green-blue. Um, what sticks out immediately, you know, the thing is, <laughs> this feels like the first draft deck I ever built. Um <laughs> I don't know if I ever told the story. I think I told the story before, but where I, uh, for a long period of time, I won my first draft. I got perfect, and as I've essentially Ooh. built a green blue deck like this, and then I failed continuously for a month. But, <laughs> but the first one I did, um, it was it felt like it was a lot of just put a bunch of creeps and then keep buffing them. So Mist of Avernus, um, what else here? Is there individual? Hmm. I think Arm the Rebellion is one of like the big the ones, right? This deck, and frankly, I really hope that card makes its way to more constructed decks because it's such a powerhouse. But yeah, I like it too. Yeah, and you see, it's just yeah. So this deck, like this deck, would kind of, I feel, push you know, putting creeps all over and then buffing them. Um, My... any, anything else that sticks out to you? Yeah, I really like the divine purpose in the deck. Not that I necessarily think it's a good card, but I just really like the sort of like, haha. Take that, you idiot. Where you like have this like two four creep in front of their bristle back and they just can't do anything about it. Yeah, it really fits with the theme of just sort of like ascending a creep to, to hero dumb. To hero dumb. Yeah, I like that too. I had uh I have just a traumatic experience with the card though, where I had like a two two divine purposed creep blocking my Thunderhide Alpha that I had played. And it was just for like six consecutive turns to sit there. <laughs> Okay, that, that does sound traumatic. I mean, a plate? Were you a plate Zuchas? Is that probably? I think the only thing worse than that is having it stolen with like a helm of, uh, like a helm, right? A helm is the worst, and it's yeah, no, but those that's one of the biggest mind games is that that's when like looking at what the person bought last turn becomes really important, and it's something I don't feel we do people do enough of, like looking at those coins. I've got a finite amount of brain power. Like, I, <laughs> I could, yeah, it feels like you could do that, but it's also, I don't know, maybe they'll fix it in the next patch, but I don't have like the patience to be like, okay, they spent exactly this much and there are exactly these many cards in their hand. I think, I I think the big thing stuff. is, though, like 19 to like, you know what I mean? If there's 19 gold yeah. spent, you, you can probably, there's something big coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll see you just. <laughs> yeah, held a bunch, but you can't hold more than once. So that would be the ultimate mind game. <laughs> Where what you like buy? If you if you could like hold multiple times, and you buy something that's like ten, and then you just like hold, spend nine gold to be like, haha, he's gonna think about a helm, but it's really a book of the dead. Yeah, that that could be interesting if they just have like a <laughs> like a you could just spend money like just for no reason like to to avoid like having them know but yeah that, that would probably skirt around the mechanic yeah i mean it, it'd be it i mean these are things we can definitely add to the game and see where it goes all right um so that was good thank you for the submission um for next week all right uh have my first question to you do have either of you played Catan before or Catan, or you know that board game of settlers of yeah that's what i should have said first eh? yeah yes. yeah um <laughs> um 
so there's this thing called largest army, right? Where you get two victory mm -hmm. points. All right. So your challenge for the next week, um, for those of you who do it, is the largest army challenge. The burn melt challenge for the, the, the next week is called, uh, is the theme of it is largest army, all right? So your goal okay. is not to win the game, all right? But to see how many, you know, possible plus, you know, like creeps or minions you can have um, in a lane, all right? And then cool. what you want to put, you're going to put in chat. You have, you, this has to be screenshot. So it has to be screenshot, you're like plus 50 or whatever you get. And then I need a two victory points, largest army written out, all right, to your opponent. All right, that is the challenge, the burn mount challenge for next week. <laughs> so you have to BM as part of the challenge? You have to BM, but you have to BM with Settlers of Catan references. That's how you're doing okay. it. Even if you're losing the other two lanes, doesn't matter, right? If you have 70 cards, 80, what... See what you can get to, all right? That that is the challenge for next week. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, I feel like prey, prey of the week will definitely be part of that. <laughs> yeah, look, um, like it has to be. Yeah, it kind of yeah. does. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll see what uh, interesting decks people come up with. We're gonna move on to the next thing. Zuches, this is your turn. All right. <laughs> Two. Talk about what we talked about last week, uh, you know, where we we kind of picked apart what you wrote without you here, because that's the best way to do it, you know, without the person able to defend themselves. You just pick, yeah. you know, um, Zuchis, what were your thoughts on last week's kind of segment so about your tweets? I was, I was surprised, like, I, I wrote it not expecting it to be sort of like dissected. So if I had <laughs> known that that was happening, well, well to be fair, start... to be fair, we didn't really dissect it. Like, it wasn't. You're probably giving us too much credit there. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, and Nikita I, you know, literally right before the podcast is like, "Hey, look what Zuchas just tweeted out." That was. I don't know. I figured it was a good enough topic. Like there, there was stuff to talk about there. Yeah, fair enough. So, but yeah, like just so we're clear, moving into this discussion, these are not like cards that I've spent like hours mulling over the minute details. These were like ah. This seems like a thing that I would want to change. Um, do you want to recap, like, sort of what I said, and then let me go with it, or I can do that? I, yeah, I don't know if you have you, a tweet up currently. Um, it's all right. Anyway, I'll, I'll do it since I, I got my Twitter up. Twitter um, ready. Yeah. So I guess you could you could put it in like a couple discrete chunks, and the first one is like what I think that they should do between now and whenever this like big ass patch or like redesign happens which is i think that they should just go and be very um open and cavalier with some changes that they want to make the cards just be like look we are planning to do something to the game we're not quite sure what uh, and it might take some time but in the meantime we're going to spice things up so every week we're going to change some cards uh and ideally will have an impact on draft one week and construct it another and and our, the reason i thought that that would be a cool thing to do is because so one of the reasons that a game like artifact gets stale is because unless there's like a new set you're playing with the exact same cards basically for the whole time so like we haven't played with any new cards in a long time with you know some minor uh mm -hmm. changes aside but those minor changes are always like 
after like a patch or something, it's always sort of precursor to people coming back and be like, okay, I wonder if this is interesting. Um, I mean, case in point, anecdotally from my own personal experience, like when they had those item cost changes like a month ago or mm -hmm. something, I was like, oh, cool. I wonder how this affects stuff in draft. So I guess to sort of recap what I said, you know, I think that they should be very cavalier with what they want to change and just sort of like, you know, we didn't test these changes, but we noticed that Phantom Assassins played in basically every black deck. So we're going to slightly nerf her to see if that sort of opens up some brewing possibilities for black heroes mm -hmm. uh, to sort of shine. Um, and then I went all along and uh, sort of some laid out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, made some suggestions. Mm -hmm. And to that point, I feel, um, uh, yeah, we kind of went over the suggestions. I don't think we need to necessarily quite go over each and every card we went over last week um, because we were just kind of seeing, okay, what we thought on those things, and that's that. Um, but I want to say, I feel like right now Valve is at a point where, it, to them, the current state doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, making small changes doesn't matter. Like, they need to come in with a big splash. And I think that's why it's been radio silent for so long. And that's why they haven't been making these little tweaks because to them, they, they realized they made those last couple tweaks and it didn't really affect anything at all. Like for when it comes to player base, I don't think, right? And from their perspective, well, I, mean... I just want to say that I feel like from their perspective, it's like, all right, let's just focus all our resources on this new thing. Because if, you know, if we keep the whatever amount of players that currently are, like that, that's not... We need to be able to reach new people, and that's our focus now. And these little tweaks are just going to help the players that are already there. And you know, for them, they actually need like a, a massive jump, not some small kind of gain at this point. Well, ideally, ideally, it's like the big, the big update, and then after that, we sort of have this schedule of of small uh, patches just to retain mm -hmm. like the player base that that's there. But uh, what do you, Zuch, So what? What do you? What do you envision? Like, do you envision a sort of like a, like the way League of Legends does it? In in that there's every every two weeks they have a sort of patch. And are you are you working? Do you want them to work towards like the perfect balance, or do you want them to just you know have these changes just to keep it constantly fresh? It's more the latter. So you know these changes are not sort of baby steps towards a brand new revisioned artifact. Mm -hmm. These are sort of like ways to keep the game fresh for folks that are still playing it. Yeah. without sort of like completely rending asunder what people have sort of based mm -hmm. their assumptions are on gameplay. So s sort of small things that have a large sort of reverberating impact that might open up new deck building possibilities mm -hmm. or sort of make cards that were sort of bottom tier in draft yeah. not completely unplayable. Just a way to sort of like freshen things up from time to time. And, and okay. for me, for me, I think what I'm trying to say, like I'm not disagreeing that I think it would be nice to have these changes. I think just a pragmatist in me is trying to also put out there that um, at this point, it feels like their resources are very much focused on the next thing and not on these little changes, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I would, I would definitely enjoy, you know, constant updates that I could look at and be like, all right, how can I change these decks up to fit this new mold, right? Yeah. Uh, I just, so... I'll uh, harken back to my days as a duelist player. Um, once upon a time, when they were still in beta. All right. By the way, by the way, before you go on, uh, for those of you who are keeping a tally, 
of uh, the um, ASAP Weekly Drinking Game. We're gonna add uh, Zuch's Mench's uh, Duelist as like a new, <laughs> oh, very nice, a, a new one. All right, so we have uh, I, myself mentioning uh, Starcraft, and we have Zuch's mentioning Duelist. That's so. That's the two points so far. We're gonna keep building, and eventually, maybe we'll release one one week. Anyway, keep so going. So I, yeah, I mentioned it just because it's like I think it's a really interesting like case study in how a game did a lot of interesting things, and then how it ultimately some things succeeded in uh, what whatever. I'm not gonna explain myself. You don't have to explain I, yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is gonna be a recurring theme, and I, I enjoy it. All right. Cool. So my <laughs> point was. Zuch is just like no. Why am I explaining myself to you right now? (laughs) Rudely interrupted. I keep Um, keep going. Anyway, so, yeah, when they were still in beta, they had, like, a a small initial card pool, but every month, literally every month, they released four new thematically intertwined cards. And it was a real, like, sometimes they were completely unplayable or, you know, more meme cards than anything else and sometimes you could tell like one or two was like this is definitely intended to shake things up and it was a way that they grew their card uh base without having to rely on like a huge set as like their only means of introducing stuff and at the same time keeping things fresh on a relatively uh, consistent basis. I, that that's actually kind of interesting because that's um, I never really thought about, but that's one of the advantages of being in a digital format. Like the reason we do these like sort of two hundred set cards at a time is just because that's the way it works in paper. Because it's it's more efficient to just print all all at once instead of like a four card pack set. But in, in digitally, that that I actually like that. I didn't know that Eternal did that. Uh, uh, Duelist, not Eternal, and that's oh, not Duelist, a drink. Sorry, that's me sorry. correcting. So don't drink too quickly. Maybe half. <laughs> so we, we should we should have a disclaimer. Don't drink too quickly. Drink responsibly. Oh yeah, oh, maybe you know what the next sponsor I'm gonna look for is like a maybe not like a Molson Canadian, you know? Yeah. Or like I would a, love to get Coors. like. A... <laughs> Wouldn't you want to do Labatt since you're Canadian? Well, I I, I did say Molson Canadian, so I, I I don't know. I feel like okay. I've I've already ticked that off. Actually, you know what? Just like a Stella, all right? Let's get some, like, non... Anyway. Um, what, where, where were we? Uh, I, th- I think... Yeah, I think I think you've got your... Uh, so you, I feel I feel like I've just derailed everything with that, that mention. Ch- change is good. Uh, change is good. Constant. Keep it fresh. Like, that's... I think we're all in agreement. That's that. the takeaway, all right? Yeah. If you can, that's what I'd like. keep it fresh. Um, all right, we're going to move on. I know Zooch is... Um, you know, being... I feel like the fact you were in the show one week, now you have like all these, all these topics you want to talk about. Um, so the, the <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know you wanted to uh, mention Dota Chess and uh, Valve. Um, I think they were trying to purchase, if I remember. Or I, well, that's... okay. So th- this was an unconfirmed source, and it's un- unconfirmed. It could be just you know it's not real, but it could be also unconfirmed because the people involved, if if it gets out that they confirmed it, then it's. You know, it's their NBA job. NBA violation, yeah, something like that. But yeah, I mean, this this was something that was being talked about uh, ever since the the explosion of the popularity of the mod. So I, I think it's still like that's uh, people forget that uh, Portal, uh, original Team Fortress, uh, Left for Dead, all those projects were Valve buying out uh, a small company and sort of bringing them under their umbrella and 
you know, giving them the the sort of valve polish and then releasing it under the valve title. So it, it, it would be in line with their with their old strategies. I mean, Dota was a mod. Exactly. Oh, another great example. Yeah. yeah. I think, in uh, fact, actually, everything except for Half-Life, I think, was like uh, conceptually designed out of house and then brought in. I could be wrong, but... Well, I mean, that I, I for one... I, first of all, have you guys played the game? Yeah, the auto chess? Yeah. Yes. I've only yeah. watched you play it, Zuchas. Uh, what do you what's your thought nikita <laughs> what's my thought i well yeah. for one i and i've had people around uh I've, I've had people around where i work they should be like hey we should you know we should do something like like you like card games like don't don't you want to get into that and i i always my, my answer is it's not a, it's not a card game it has like facets of a card game and aspects of it but there's still i'm not comfortable calling it that other like as a mod, as a Dota mod, I think it's great. I think it's super creative. I don't know how much staying power it has. I, I I feel like we've reached our peak with it, and it has reached the peak of po- its, its popularity, but I don't know. I don't know. I also I don't feel know what, like um, just the way – when I was watching Zuch's play, like I feel it could – I mean, I, I feel I might be stretching this, but I feel like it could very easily – uh, kind of be something that if, if they want to make a mobile game it would like suit it well just because you're yes there's only a couple of things you're doing and then you like watch the round start if that makes sense yeah yeah so uh i don't i don't know how you so you have to do a couple specific things like you can either move a piece or sell a piece or like return it to your board so not how not quite sure how you do that with it'll be just, click and drag i'd imagine right i guess so you could drive to like a trash can or something like that to sell yeah it. I think it's doable. My point was essentially, I feel like there, there's something there's something nice about the way it's designed, where it's not over overly kind of throwing all these things at you. Yeah, um, I want to go back to a point that it's not a card game. So to, to to one extent, I agree, but to the other extent, it sort of feels to me, and this is the way I explained it to a friend of mine, that you're drafting a deck. And then you're just sort of like showing your deck to your opponent and you're like, I win this draft. You're like, mm-hmm. you draft your deck and then you like, instead of playing out the games, you just like throw your decks at each other <laughs> yeah. and see and see who emerges the victor. And then you do that repeatedly over and over again. So I, are, you, I, I, are, you, are you saying that it should be auto poker? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nikita, keep going. I mean, I, w- I will say that I did... I, the vibes that I got from it are are that of a deck builder. I, I can agree to that, but it's just something about the lack of, uh, you know, just agency. Like you, you, you sort of set it all up and then you just sort of watch it happen. And that's really cool. But I don't, you know, I'd like to be able to control, uh, have a little bit more control, but I guess that's the, you know, the rest of the game. It also feels like, I don't, you, you tell me is the, is the randomness, like, is that a lot? Is it, is it I, too much? Cause I haven't gone too deep into it. So, I'm not a huge fan of randomness in games, especially games where presumably skill is a huge part. Um, and so there, there is a little bit of frustrating randomness, which like in the items, especially it's like, Oh, well, you know, shoot, I only got one item and you know, on average you should get four items by this point in time or something like that. Um, but the whole like characters battling uh, that has a significant amount of, randomness too because i've played some games where it's like 
I'm playing 1v1 against someone and like we're both losing. And mm-hmm. how is that even possible, right? I mean, I understand how it's possible, but it's like presumably one of the decks is better, so they should win on both boards, but here we are, both people losing to the opponent. I don't know. I feel like randomness even on the the onboard battle comes is larger than it should be. Eh, you know, it's, do, it's a do, fun do, game. Do you think it has uh, power as a standalone title? Do you think there's a world where it's successful outside of just being a mod that people play in Dota 2 and on their downtime? So I was thinking about this earlier. I, I think one of the biggest issues with it being a standalone title is how do you make expansions for it? Um, right? So like every new card that you add, de- like... Um, what am I thinking? What's the word? Dilutes the card base, so it's har- it's that much harder to get your tr- trios, which are sort of like the linchpin of like building a good deck. Well, it so... could be it could be like like deck builders handle themselves like just sets of sets of uh, chess pieces that rotate depending on what I guess set you like uh, set you queue up for. Like if you if you queue up for like a season two set, it's this set of pieces, and if you queue up for a season one set. It'll be this okay. set of pieces. Yeah, I th- I think that that could be definitely a. Uh, I think it could be a, a a game with some longevity. Who knows? I there have been a lot of games over the past year. I'm like, oh, this game is incredible. It's the best game I've played to date. And then like two months later, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this game. I'm yeah. tired of it. Yeah, and th- I feel like that's been something that's been happening a lot recently. Um, I don't know about you, but like Apex, for instance, is the new thing everybody's talking about, right? And I just feel like there, there's this weird like de- where I think we're at a point where people are getting exhausted with new games. Like I don't know if that that's true, but there's only so many games you can play. So either you're just following yeah. your friends around to whatever new game they decide to play, and you play for mm-hmm. two months and then you leave it because that's that's kind of what it feels like. Like it's almost like multiplayer games are kind of becoming that weird single player game space where it's oh, there's a big release and then everyone plays it and then once they beat it, they stop playing it? I mean, f- flavor of the month, like, it's just, you know, it was Minecraft for a couple of years, then it's Fortnite, now it's Apex, and I mean, it was Blackout for a little bit too. It's just, you know, p- people like new stuff. All right. Ties into our, it ties into our keeping it fresh theme. True, true. Um, Zuchis, any last thoughts on this? Or... Uh... So I'm still sort of making my way up the ranks. I'm certainly gotcha. not an expert, but I think that there's definitely a lot of depth to the game that I haven't even gotten yet. So yeah. I would le- I would like to think that it's a really good game. It has some staying power, but I guess we can wait and see. But yeah, kudos to Dota if they make it a standalone client. Cause... Well, and and this in some ways this will actually appeal to the Dota Dota player base more. Because yeah. I think that well, going back to Artifact quickly, right? Um, I think what what Dota players wanted was something related to Dota that didn't require, like, yes, there could be some more depth, but didn't require as much like concentration. Like, you know what I mean? Something where you can just yeah. take your mind off a little bit. And Artifact was definitely not that. Yeah. <laughs> it also didn't one. help. It didn't help that uh, Dota players are just used to having the entirety of their gameplay components for free, and the card game model is just the complete opposite of that yeah yeah card game card game model is the microtransactions before there were microtransactions that's my hot take yeah. for the week um hot, hot takes <laughs> what, 
La- last comment, last comment. Yes, I feel yes. like in some alternate universe, this is what Artifact was released as, and mm-hmm. everyone was happy. Like, Artifact was a huge success, and uh, I don't know, this is exactly what they could have released, and, and it would have been just uh, just the best fucking thing of 2018. True, but I wouldn't have played it. I'll tell you that much. Sure, I wouldn't have played it either. Mostly because I don't play Dota, right? So, um, I think card games is more down my... Anyway, anyway, I feel like I'm going off the wrong path. All right, next point, moving on. Um, so this week, I actually uh, played in a bunch of the Artifact um, Bitcoin League qualifiers. Um, so what they, they do is they have a leaderboard, and they have like draft free draft tournaments almost like every hour. Like throughout the week, just continuously run by different people. And it's a lot of fun. And literally, if you get out, you just go sign up for the next one because it's like, it's probably coming up at that point. Um, and the the top, I think, top 128 qualify for the actual 2K tournament at the end of the month or something. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. Um, and then I was finally able to get a win. It was a 14 bracket uh, win. So if you take a look at. Uh, I believe this is the deck. Um, so this is the deck that I ended up winning with. So I would like your thoughts on the deck that I ended up taking it with. Well, two bristlebacks is pretty good. Um, they're really such good. a huge body. Yeah, two if you can get in front of something not right away. so much. Yeah. <laughs> two mist of Avernus is very good though. <laughs> yeah, that's not- one thing I noticed with draft is literally like you see Mr. Avernus, I don't care what what mana color you're playing to, you just pick it up. Like there's no It's like a yeah. pa- it's like a timer almost on the game in some sense. Did did you ever feel like you were struggling with like a particular point of the game? Um there was I think it was interesting cuz my earlier games were actually a lot harder than my later ones. Um mm. and I think I think it was weird cuz I think the later ones this deck because my deck has like, you know, so means like one Sylvan is their favorite, but essentially I have two eight mana cards that I can play to, like Time of Triumph and Thunder Pack. So if the game does get that late, I kind of win it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really struggle because March of the Machines did phenomenal. Like, like my biggest struggle I thought was going to be blue, and it was anything that was more blue f- favored, like clearing board and stuff. Um, um, but for, yeah, the March of the Machines, because I had. Uh, uh, yes, if if I could get two of them, I would just like win. Like the lane's gone. Like, like you know. Yeah, that's probably the most powerful sig card in my opinion. Like it's just so good. Like, ugh, love it. Here, I want to uh, I want to ask you this actually, um, Zuchas, because you you do play a lot of draft. Um, what is your thoughts? Because I I saw a lot of people doing three color decks when I was casting. I think it was two weeks ago or whatever. Um, I saw a lot of people were playing ring three color decks. Is it almost like in draft? Sometimes you just have to choose a color that you have like significant board impacting cards for. If that makes sense, like uh, I don't, I don't know if I understand your over. So, so like, let's just say because I, I usually would try to tend to go towards two color decks, right? If I can. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, um, and so what I found is that if if I were gonna, was gonna go for a third color. It'd usually be because there'd be something significant, like for instance, Tinker would have March, uh, March of the Machines, something that impacts the board state quite a lot, and so that's why I'd go for it, if that makes sense. So, 
I when I started drafting, I was very much of that mindset where it's like two colors, clearly better. Um, but I, I think as I've evolved as a player, it has that's been less of a priority for me. So I'm drafting more. I, you know, I've been drafting a lot of three color decks, which I think is probably the norm for me. I even played a, a fair amount of four color decks, which I think isn't out of out of the question um, if you have the right sort of bombs that you want to be playing. Um, so, so yeah, essentially, I, I, you give a consistency because you're not going to get three of a kind anyway, right? And then you just go for the ones that will give you like here's a big board impactor. I, at least that's what I feel. I don't know if that's how you would look at a four color yeah. deck. Uh, yeah, for me, the the decks that end up four color are either the decks where I had no discipline and just like took all the best cards, and then I'm like, uh oh, um, or the ones where it's like, well, I've got a time of triumph, and I've got a thunderhide pack, and I've got an <laughs> annihilation, and I've also got these other really good black cards. Uh, so I guess I'm just gonna play all of them. Um, <laughs> I think Would you especially guys... work. Uh, keep going. Uh, I was gonna say it's especially works out when you end up getting this like motley crew of heroes where you're like, well, you know, I've got a Zeus and a couple of good blue cards, so I might as well play. Or maybe Zeus isn't the best example, but you know, I've got this good green hero, this good blue hero, this good red hero, and it'd be an awful shame to not play them because I'm clearly playing black because black is my like deepest color. So <laughs> it's I think it's a thing where you just have to like play it by ear there's no sort of like this is a good reason to go four colors other than you have bombs and you can't really you think playing four colors would give you a better chance to win so gotcha that's cool because it's something you wouldn't think about in standard at all but in draft you kind of get that oh you know sometimes you prioritize those bigger cards um nikita any thoughts on this before we push on uh no thoughts i mean it, it looks like it has all has good top end has good early game seems pretty solid i was just going to ask i haven't i haven't drafted in a while is the rule where you have eight cards uh yeah. to a hero's uh, color is that is that still applies that's still a good rule to follow yeah that's the other thing that's like the one comment that i was going to make um i don't know if this is what you're getting to nikita but i think that i would definitely play a second black hero over a, a second green hero hmm. okay. interesting and I think I wasn't, getting, I wasn't getting at that, but that's a good point. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that, I, then... I was definitely black heavy and then only able. I think, hear me out, I think the reason it worked out is because a lot, I had a lot of like low, uh, <laughs> as I'm saying this. No, because really, it just felt like Tinker would be on and all I'd be doing is just throwing March of Machines. It was like Tinker was the March of Machines. Like, <laughs> well, I think the other reason. Is because so you've got um, a couple car like if we're gonna delve into this, I don't know how much time you want to. I'm happy to dissect. So, yeah, do a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think that first and foremost, if you're tr you are almost certainly gonna end up with issues where if your tinker, especially tinker who has like just five health, dies, you're gonna be cut off from like a third of your deck. Mm -hmm. um, so if you add like a black hero over a green hero your ratio becomes 10 green to one hero rather than 13 to one black hero. And that seems like a better ratio to me. Um, but 
but just beyond that, I think you've got cards that really want you to have multiple black heroes, like the Oath. Um, yeah, the Oath was an interesting like... one. I'm gonna be honest. I played it once, yeah. and I actually thought I lost the game. Like, like I, when I the played Oath? it, I was like, "This was a mistake. I shouldn't have played it." But then I managed to climb my way back. So I don't. <laughs> I don't the, know. The Oath is one of the more powerful cards, but. It doesn't do as well in a deck where you only have one black hero. Well, you yeah, because then, need then you're actually survive. cut off, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Payday is another card that I think really wants to have multiple black heroes because you really want a Payday in lane three. So if you end up with your hero in lane one, your Paydays lose a ton of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be another reason. Interesting. Uh, also, yeah, also it doesn't, I don't know. That, those are that's sort of my like thirty second. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this and it, like I felt that in the game as well. I think just in general though, um, a lot be, like it almost felt like if I wasn't gonna win, it would be off March of the Machines and then finishing it off with Time of Triumph or Thunder Thunderhide. Um, I mean, and then Helm of Dominator Investor Tyrant were nice too when I got the gold. Um, did you ever did you ever win a game with Revtel Convoy Payday where you just like have ten gold and all of a sudden you have like forty no, gold? No, I did not. Oh, that's no, too bad. No, <laughs> that's the dream. Fortunately, not. All right, I think we're good for that topic. Um, I'm gonna move on to potentially the last topic of the day. Um, so just recently, and this is actually good because I'm gonna this is gonna pertain to a lot of different card games. So I'm gonna be able to get all of your opinions on it. Um, But Hearthstone just announced a new format for their competitive scene. Um, And it was really interesting for me because in Hearthstone, um, matches tend to be a lot more polarizing um, than Mm -hmm. other games. Um, And essentially what they've done is they switched to, you essentially, like imagine, I I guess the best comparison would be, imagine if you could only use one mana color. (laughs) You know, you're only able to use one um, class. And you have to have like three different decks from that same class, and those are like your side decks. But unlike the other formats, uh, like you know, uh, I know in Yu-Gi-Oh there would be like a fifteen-card side deck or something. Um, and, and Magic is it the same or something? Yeah, like that? fifteen-card sideboards. Yes. So, what, whatever the number is, but there's a sideboard, right? Uh, the difference is here you'd actually bring three of the same deck. Um, but your two, your secondary, your thir- like your tertiary deck can only differ from the first deck by five cards. Cool. So essentially, what it's saying is you're bringing one deck to this competitive format, and uh, you your <laughs> and then you have a, a more controlly version of it, and then a more <laughs> aggro version of it. That's really what it's telling me, at least. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts, given like artifact doesn't really. Artifact has always done kind of conquest, um, which is what Hearthstone used to do. So I, I, I can provide some uh, some surface level commentary before Zush gets uh, really into it. But honestly, when I first read that, as somebody that plays other games or that plays Magic a lot, which sideboard is is a very central mechanic, th- this was honestly hilarious. Like it, I, I like the comment that I read that said that this was their way of creating a sideboard without having to program anything new into the game. Because that's what it really seems like. If if you want to do a sideboard, just just you know make a sideboard. This seems like mm-hmm. kind of a weird weird way to handle it. For for artifact, honestly, I think I remember back in March or back before the game came out, uh, before even like the beta and all that, 
they they talked about wanting to have sideboard functionality in the game. I, I think I remember hearing that because I, I remember getting excited about it. But do you guys remember anything about that? Um, mm. I don't. I, mostly because mm. I, I I hadn't been paying too much uh, attention during the beta phase. Um, but I will say, I think Artifact has the benefit that uh, I don't know if you. You watch. There's a Need for Seat tournament with Take TV where Petrify and Hyped played a best of five finals. Okay. And it went three and two, and they used the same deck. Um. So I feel like Artifact lends itself to the fact that, regardless, even if there's a deck that's slightly overpowered, I feel like there's a much. It's much more balanced just because of the amount of decisions you can make during the game. Mm-hmm. Right, as opposed mm-hmm. to Hearthstone, where it it feels like there there are actual matchups where it's like no, you only win this nine percent of the time. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Artifact doesn't need a sideboard. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you know, yeah, more, yeah. more options is always good. Mm-hmm. I I've always really liked the concept of sideboards because they, I don't know, expand the ways you can attack the metagame in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think they're per se necessary. I just I think that they are good, but um, yeah, I kind of agree with your assessment. It's like a sideboard without having to do anything new. And I haven't played Hearthstone in a minute. How big is like how impactful is that change going to actually be? The the sideboard, um, like the the five the five differentiating cards from the three. It decks. would only make a big difference. So it'd make a difference if you were facing control or if you were facing aggro, right? So if someone decided to come up with like a deck that was like pure aggro, well then you're like, okay, now I'm getting all the taunts or the heals or the the clears into my deck, right? That that's what your sideboard would do. Um, but even with those tech options, like you're you're changing like two or three percent at most. Like if the matchup I mean, it... is matchup is polarized, it's polarized, right? If it's even, if it's around forty five, like forty five to fifty five percent, then it'll still be. Like regardless of this, the sideboard will impact the game, but it won't impact it in a way that um, oh well, I guess I just lose to this guy because I've been hard countered. It, I mean, it also this is what they're testing, I guess, is if it does have any sort of impact, big or small. It also kind of felt like this might have just been like in response to uh, Arena sort of pulling back from the best of three format with sideboards and like pushing more of the best of one. So they're just sort of like, hey, we got we got best of threes or so, something like that i don't know i might be reading too much into it five though from what i gather okay so yeah i i feel and i mean i think the state the the game state right now isn't too bad um but hearthstone has gone through these periods where you have top three decks that are literally rock paper scissors um like there's been periods where especially when i was hitting legend for the first time where it'd be if I if I had this deck, I'd I'd win against this deck, but lose against this deck, and then you're literally just that, or you're doing a mirror, right? Um, I I don't know. I felt like it made the competitive scene a whole lot less skillful, if if that makes sense, because you're but gonna correct. you're gonna depend on variance a lot more than than actual skill, or you're gonna be playing mirrors all day, which is I don't know about you guys, but in Hearthstone, um, the person who has the better curve usually will win the game in a mirror, so. <laughs> But this is, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong, this is just for tournament play, right? This isn't a ladder 
No, no, implement. no. Yeah, but, yeah, so yeah, like, and I suppose the, the idea is it's more like ladder because in ladder you only use one deck, right? Um, but no, for tournament play, it just feels like for everyone who did play competitively, it's kind of... I don't like it. It's, I feel like it takes away from the competitive start, but it also makes it more affordable. So what can I say, you know? <laughs> I mean, in best of, in rock, paper, scissors formats, uh, just to liken it to Magic the Gathering, like in modern, like that, that's where a sideboard is the, the most necessary is that because those are your only tools to sort of beat the, the thing that beats mm-hmm. you. Well, here you're getting five card yeah. difference, right? That's true. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't know. how. Five out of 30 as opposed to 15 out of... 60, so that's a quarter. Quarter versus well, a... That's presuming, that's presuming that you're boarding in... Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Cards. But, the car, but the sideboard cards are presumably like so impactful that you know they will turn an entire matchup around, hopefully. That's the dream, right? Yeah, I, I think it's also just made it that now they're, they're balancing. Like before balancing, people always said, okay, I'll just ban that class, like in a tournament. Or I'll... You know, okay, that class goes through in conquest, and then I have to beat the other two classes, right? But now it's actually—I feel the balancing has never been. It's going to be more scrutinized now for Blizzard because of the fact that it's literally okay. These decks have to be perfectly balanced in some ways, or we're going to get the same deck, and everyone's going to play one deck. <laughs> I don't know. I—I I think for and I, my point to bring this up as well is also to kind of say like it's interesting how different games can use a similar format but it's going to have a different effect for every game right so like in magic like the sideboard kind of makes a lot of sense um in artifact like we're kind of you know if it's there nice if it's not there it's not the end of the world right and hearthstone it's like oh this is really not doing anything at all (laughs) at least that's what i feel i don't know i don't know if you uh maybe maybe key to speak to the differences between the games I mean, I don't, Artifact, I mean, I. it's all, I mean, it's a variety. I think if Artifact was to, the, the Valve way of implementing it is it would, it would be a, a tournament mode and then, mm-hmm. you know, people would try it out and then if that would get popular, then they could make a, a ladder for it or an event, a featured event for it or something like that. So I would, I mean, th- this is in the universe where they're sort of, you know, keeping up with the community and all that, but <laughs> nevertheless. <Yeah. laughs> all right. Um, are we good on that? Yeah, I, I don't know really have anything to add yeah i think we're good uh, i think it's been a good show um well i wouldn't go that far wow wow last last week flash was like this is going to be the last topic and then we did another hour so and we did another hour all right so i'm going to cut it off right now all right so that all of you can go to sleep or whatever um but for those of you who are still listening, uh, thank you very much for your support. We are now currently the uh, highest followed uh, podcast on Podbean for Artifacts, Ooh. so that's fun. Um, and except for that, we added Spotify, we added Google Play, we added TuneIn Radio. We had, I added so many things. So if you have a, um, I don't know, a apparatus or app that will find you podcasts, uh, we're probably there at this point. Um, so, hey. you know, just making it easier for people to access. Maybe you have a favorite app you like to use. So, uh, feel free to use it as always. Give us a five star review on iTunes so that people can actually find us there. And from all of us here, your homework for the week is one, the burn mill challenge, you know, get that largest army and two. All right. Play, 
play TCG with a friend, all right? And don't get angry when they do something that's, you know, something that angers you or they're lucky, all right? That's your new goal. Don't, you know, <laughs> don't tilt if they do something that makes you angry. That's, that's the goal for the week. All right, uh, from all of you, from all of us here, and goodbye, good night. Bye. See ya. <laughs>